0: Into the arms of Davis, and a superior team all season long, was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky Coronation is complete. Champions
1: 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny, straight ahead, ten, five, touchdown! All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast, your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. Today we will recap how the Wildcats deep fried the gators on saturday to earn their sixth straight conference win and then we will preview the matchup on tuesday with the arkansas razorbacks to wrap things up we've got our AOK college basketball picks for the week and we will update the standings as sam looks to make a push We start though with Kentucky's 72-67 win over the Florida Gators as they improve to 7-3 in the Southeastern Conference and add another win to their tournament resume. Don't look now, folks, but the Wildcats have not lost in conference in almost a month. We knew this one would be tough, and the Gators continued to fight all game long, led by their big man, Colin Castleton. Ultimately, UK did enough to get the victory despite their two leading scores, Oscar Shibway and Antonio Reeves combining for only eight points on four of 19 shooting, as the rest of the team was able to step up in a major way. Going into this matchup, we outline three major keys to victory. Number one, transition offense. Number two, playing through Oscar in the post. And then number three, being the more physical team. So Sam, how did Kentucky fare in those three departments? What did they do effectively? And then what gave them trouble? And then what players ultimately stood out to you in this game?
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, AJ, it was it was a game where you almost felt like, gosh, if we don't get Oscar going, you know, we, we could be in trouble, but ultimately that never happens and the Kentucky Wildcats really had a firm grasp over these Gators for the majority of the game, AJ. I mean, um, I really liked what I saw and, you know, we go into the half up, if I'm not mistaken, you know, 33 to 22 AJ and, you know, late in the game, the Gators were able to, to really claw their way back in there and make it a little more interesting. But at no point in the game was it, you know, the Gators to lose. It was always Kentucky's to lose. And ultimately they made enough plays and especially down the stretch came up a little clutch and were able to cruise into another SEC victory. And like you said, I mean, we've been talking about AJ, we want to win six straight. That's not necessarily the kind of six straight we're talking about, but it's a building block. And, you know, we're we're starting to really put together a resume within SEC play. Got to build on it though, AJ, but overall, it was the play from specifically case and Wallace and Jacob Toppin that elevated us to this victory. AJ, and when you ask for what did we do? Well, those guys were as efficient as we could possibly ask. I mean, when you say that case and Wallace finished with 20 points on 10 shots, AJ, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. Like seven from 10 from the field, one from one from three. And that was a massive and critical shot that he hit that step back three was smooth and in control And I've been telling you, AJ, I mean, Jason Wallace has quickly become one of my favorite guards in recent Kentucky memory. I mean, we've had, and and think about that, we've had some incredible guards come through this program, not only ever or even in the Cal era, but just recently. Like when when we look back and we think about Emmanuel quickly and Tyrese Maxey, I mean, I'm putting him right up there, AJ. He is tenacious, but he plays so poised, but he's got this power and, It's just so fun to watch this young man flourish into the type of player we knew he was going to be, AJ. I mean, when we were doing his scouting report together, you know, over a year and a half ago, I I remember just how much we talked about how this kid can play both sides of the basketball. And he put that on full display, AJ. I mean, he ends with three blocks, one of which was just an absolute monster block. And it it was a, a heck of a night but he is totally that guy that just reflects all of the attention and puts it on his teammates and that's just the type of leader that he is but really starting to come into his own within SEC play and then when we want to talk about someone that's completely trending Jacob Toppin has really stepped up AJ and these last six games he's been phenomenal in his last six games AJ he's nearly averaging fifteen points, seven rebounds 2.7 assists, a block, and he's shooting over 52% from the field with three of those six games being double-doubles, one of which was from the Florida Gators game, A.J., where he grabbed 17 points and 10 rebounds. And the way he did it, A.J., was exactly what we're asking him to do. And, and we've talked about this in Apple on this podcast, that he doesn't have to be a score-first type of player. But when Oscar Sheepway is giving you four points, he kind of has to be that option, AJ. And he stepped up big time. So I really want to give him his flowers for his performance against the the Florida Gators because the Kentucky Wildcats needed a performance like that out of him. I mean, he was aggressive. The way he got to the rim, the way he was able to create some shots. And he he stretched the floor a little by knocking down that early three over that closeout on Castleton, AJ. I mean, that isn't. So the ball came to him. He rotated out. The ball came to him. He rotated out. The ball came to him that third time. AJ and he said, "Look, you're gonna leave me wide open like this. I'm gonna have to shoot it. Sh- shoots it. He drains it. And that gave us a, a little more opportunity to free up the wing. AJ and Castleton then had to say, "Okay, hey, if if Jacob's out in the perimeter, I'm gonna have to go close out on him quicker, and I'm gonna have to give that respect to him. So, you know, it was great what he gave us. His minutes were critical, and he defended his tail off. And then, you know, the, the last player to me, A.J., and I know everyone's going to say, C.J. Frederick, I'll let you touch on him because, you know, a heck of a performance. The sling comes off and boom. It's like the kick can shoot again. So maybe we were wrong. Maybe it was the sling. It's his first game and he he goes 50% from three-point line. So, all right, you know, maybe it was the sling. But the guy that I got to talk about, A.J., is our point guard in Severe Wheeler because – This kid AJ, I'm so happy for him, and I'm so proud of the way he has adjusted to his new role and still been a leader for this team. But the way he's impacted the last couple of games, I know we got the start when Caseon Wallace was out, but I still consider it like coming off the bench AJ because he's playing a different role than what we were asking him. And you know, eight points, three assists, no turnovers, a couple forced steals. He's got four for five shooting. The only miss. That he had was from three point range, and it was a good look. And you know, you got to live with that. He, he He's going to miss here and there, but overall, just an extremely efficient night. His ability to change the pace of play, AJ, is really making teams struggle defending the Kentucky Wildcats because you know, when you put Severe Wheeler in and he is in go mode, there's really very limited. Names on a list that can keep up with his speed, AJ, and and I mean that because the way he can turn the afterburners on and then get downhill and get to the rim is sensational. And what he's been doing at an elite level the last couple of games, AJ, is bringing that speed, but then also creating shots through it and getting his teammates open. And he's not turning the ball over as much. I mean, that's the most critical part because. When he gets downhill sometimes, A.J., he gets out of control, and he's, he's moving at lightning speed where it's tough to process and it's tough to make the right decision with the basketball. That has been incredible the last couple of games, and he's really taking care of the basketball, which is what you need from someone coming off the bench. You can't have someone come off the bench and average three, four turnovers, A.J. It's just not productive enough. So I really wanted to give a shout-out to Xavier Wheeler. He is really giving another layer to these Kentucky Wildcats in a way that when he comes off the bench, it's something totally different that they, the defense that we're facing has to package against. And the Gators were unable to make that adjustment. I mean, it was almost like when he was in, they just knew that they were going to have to try to get back on defense and stop and clog lanes. And they they weren't able to do it. I mean, we really had some productive minutes from, from severe Wheeler, but I mean, AJ, when you look at the game and you say Oscar Sheehy and I, you know, you look at his numbers. The quick thought is honestly, you know, he had a bad night, but he didn't, in my honest opinion. Like, and I want your your opinion here, but I know he only ends up with what two baskets, AJ. So that's about as least productive of a night offensively we've ever seen from him so i understand the gripe that everyone's having and rarely can the kentucky wildcats afford to have the productivity that he gave us and still win but that's honestly the best takeaway i have from this game aj you've got your two top scorers and antonio reeves and oscar Shibway go for a combined eight points and we still walk away with a victory of a five point margin that could have been more than five points, let's be honest. I mean, that's that's a standout victory in my mind, AJ, because Oscar still was able to just impact the game in which he does best, AJ. He grabbed 15 boards, which we say that and everyone's like, oh, 15 boards. It's Oscar. No, 15 rebounds is a lot, AJ, and seven of which were offensive rebounds. We dominated the offensive glass grabbing 13 as a team and we created those second looks, which were critical for us, AJ. And, and that's realistically where we gain the separation from the Gators winning this game and, and losing ultimately. So, I, you know, I, I just wanted to reflect on his play a little, because when you asked, you know, what could we have been doing better? And obviously, you know, Oscar's got to be better offensively. He couldn't hit. He fell out of a boat and I've never seen that, but he also was able to stay in the game and, make plays and impact the game to where we still were able to get a victory. So I, I'll sit here and I'll argue with anyone that says, you know, we played terrible because Oscar Sheway did not play terrible. And, you know, I, I think once you watch the tape, AJ, like I'm sure you and I have both done, he really actually did play strong defense. Uh, they put him in a lot of movement, a lot of action, a lot of ball screens and, you he played well, AJ. He really did. I mean, when when you're in that many action plays where you are the either the primary or secondary defender, you are going to be the spotlight on defense, AJ. So I think what a lot of people are recognizing is they see all the breakdowns that he has. And don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't. And he's having more this year than last year. But I I, I think teams are trying to attack the vulnerability that this Kentucky Wildcats has defensively. And that's realistically one of the only flaws. And it used to be that Severe was undersized and they would put him in action. But now it's it's mostly just our ball screen defense, AJ. And so I, I will argue the fact that although it does need improvement, it's really not as bad as everyone's making it out to be. We, we've gone through the advanced analytics with Ken Palm numbers, AJ, and our, our efficiency in the defensive end is – It's continued to climb all season. I mean, we were outside the 100 range. Now we climbed all the way into the top 50. So, you know, I'll I'll make that argument that it's not as bad as everyone makes it seem. But to me, those are are standout players. That's how we got the, the ultimate win over the Gators. And, I mean, the last thing I'll say before passing it to you, AJ, is we talked about one piece that you just brought up in the intro was to limit Colin Castleton. And obviously, he goes for 25 points down to 16 shooting, A.J., and did a phenomenal job at the free throw line going 7 for 7. And honestly, free throw shooting, A.J., for the Florida Gators, was what kept them in the game. They go 15 for 17. I mean, you don't shoot well at the free throw line. This is for sure a double-digit loss. But I'll say this. Colin Castleton, 25 points. You and I both said before the game, A.J., you have to limit him. You're not going to be able to stop him. He's one of those guys. He's he's nearly seven foot. He's going to get baskets. He's going to get looks. You can, you cannot possibly shut him down. I know twenty five points doesn't seem like we limited him, but there were stretches AJ in the game where he had to come out because you know foul trouble because he made a bonehead decision on defense because he wasn't knocking down his shots. And I'll argue that we actually did enough, in my honest opinion, from watching the tape to limit what Colin Castleton did. I I mean, this kid was very capable of the way he played and the action that he was getting offensively and the way they were able to post him so low. He was capable of going for 30-something-plus, AJ. And to hold him to 25, I'm actually fairly proud of the defensive effort that we put forth against him. And we let him get enough to where his teammates were not nearly as involved as they needed to be, AJ. And, And there was a lot of hide-and-seek act from some of those players on the Florida Gators, AJ. They they realistically kind of vanished at times in the game, and and that's kind of where we, we separated ourselves. I mean, they couldn't have really played a more smooth game, and we, we walk away as a five-point victor covering the spread of four-and-a-half, AJ. So, to me, this is a great win. We out-rebounded, which is something that we, we needed to do, and we fought. And, and I mean... Like I said, there really wasn't a moment where I was sitting there on my couch saying, you know, holy crap, we got to come from behind. we got to fight like absolute heck because this is a team that's going to beat us, and it's not looking like we've got it in us tonight. No. Start to finish, I was actually very pleased with the energy and the effort that the Kentucky Wildcats put forth. So those are my key takeaways, AJ. But when I referenced some of the players, and especially Oscar Shebae, I want you to touch on – Do you think it was as bad of a night as everyone's making it seem? And and then from there, what stood out to you for this Kentucky Wildcats victory that we can continue to build off of?
1: Yeah, I'm going to answer your question straight up. It's no. Everyone needs to chill out, and and I'm here to tell you why, okay? And I've been dying to get on here and to break this game down. Um, I've watched it now three times uh since saturday so i am fully prepared but Sam, i'm gonna do something a little bit new and i just kind of want to recap the game and go through some of my notes and then when i'm done with my notes from the game i'm just going to touch on the the players from kentucky as well and then just a few overarching um things that i i took away from the game we'll try to we'll try to knock this out pretty quick but you know let's let's go back to the start of the game okay First defensive possession of the game, what happens? C.J. Frederick plays great one-on-one defense, forces his man to shoot a jump shot over top of him, which ends in an air ball, okay? So we get that start defensively right away. So you saw that great hustle from the jump. We got C.J. going offensively right away, which was something that we desperately needed. So, boom, you're off to a great start defensively, and you've got a guy who's been in a slump, on the scoreboard right away, which is something that we had talked about. Okay. Castleton, he actually got two blocks really early in the game one on Oscar Shibway and one on Cason Wallace, both trying to attack him at the basket. That kind of had an impact on the game because we realized, like, you're not just, and we talked about it, Sam, you can't just go downhill with this guy all, t- all the time. He's too good of a shot blocker. So we kind of saw that early on the first couple of possessions. Something to note, Xavier Wheeler came in the game four minutes into the game. And Sam, before the game, John Calipari said his, his keys to victory were flying up the floor and disrupting Colin Castleton. And he made it a point to bring Xavier Wheeler into this game to get away from a half court game where Florida thrives on their dif- defensive efficiency. He brought Xavier Wheeler in four minutes in to change the pace, which he continued to do all game. so, Um, yeah, the first time Colin Castleton got the ball, we threw the double team at him from the weak side. Chris Livingston came over, forced a travel on him for a, uh, turnover guys. I mean, Sam out, Sam, this is, this is my answer to you. A part of it right now about the Oscar Sheba question. The first eight minutes of the game, Colin Castleton had two points. Okay. Two points before Damian Collins gets entered into the ballgame. So he was bottled up for the whole first half of the first half, which was a great start for Kentucky defensively. Damian came in, I just mentioned, huge spark off the bench. The first play, he comes in, immediate steal, run down the court, gets fouled, goes to the line, makes one of two. Then they put him in a high pick-and-roll action, which he defends beautifully, taps the ball out of bounds, and knocks it away so that they can't get an easy lob at the basket. Kentucky in the first half, they challenged shots very well at the rim, multiple blocks, including the one you're talking about by Case and Wallace. And one thing they did really well in this game was they defended dribble handoffs really well. They really disrupted that part of Florida's game and did not allow them to continue to move the ball around to find Castleton down low so that wasn't something I really liked Florida went on a little run guys at the end of the first half we had a nice lead they came storming back and then with about two minutes left in the half guys we were looking at a two-point basketball game and then you get two straight buckets from Jacob Toppin attacking the basket and then a three from CJ to stretch the lead back out to nine before halftime second half castleton comes out first possession gets a big block for them and that really kind of lifted them up we then went on an O for four stretch and this is where i want to bring back in oscar shibwe guys they started to pull close they had all the momentum at the beginning of the first half we could not our second half we couldn't hit a bucket what does oscar do he continues to fight grabs an offensive rebound puts it back up for two points, which was two of his four points all night. And that sparked us because right after that happened, we followed up the next four possessions with four straight baskets, two from Jacob Toppin, one from Antonio Reeves, and one from Sevier Wheeler. Up to this point, Castleton, he only had six points at halftime, guys. Two were scored on Oscar, two were scored on Damian Collins, and two were scored at the free throw line. So double teaming him in the first half was something that worked really well and continued to work well through the game. The only time it didn't work, he was able to get the pass out one time, which we doubled him. We got burned on, but he passed it out to Lofton. And Sam, we talked about Lofton, the one guy who was shooting under 30% on the on the year. We left him. Okay, he hits it, right? So be it. 10-point lead, guys, at this point. 10 minutes left. We're going to fast forward a little bit. We then really started to exploit the drop coverage that they were playing with Colin Castleton, and that is when Cason Wallace really took over, hit multiple jump shots from the mid-range, and he is starting to become absolutely deadly and lethal off the dribble, pulling up in the mid-range and knocking down jumpers. Castleton, guys, this is really the point where he just started to eat, and he, he, he went on a big stretch, which is what kept Florida in the game and really helped them hang around, and down the stretch when we need a bucket, needed a bucket, guys, believe it or not, we had been struggling there. And you know who the guy was? It was Xavier Wheeler. Kickstarted things. Sammy talked about it earlier. His only missed shot of the day. He gets a wide open look from three. He misses it off the front iron. What does he do? He doesn't hang his head. He attacks. He runs in. He grabs his own rebound. He lays it in for two points. Beautiful. Then... The huge case in step back, Sam. What a play. Absolutely drops his guy, breaks his ankles, the step back three. But then what does Florida do? They come straight back down and they drill a big three of their own. Down the stretch, guys, a couple things to point out. One, Damian Collins gets fouled on a one and one, goes to the free throw line, drills both of them. Now that Babe is so happy, man. That is clutch from a guy who's barely played all year. Unfortunately, Jacob Toppin then missed the front end of his one and one, so they had a chance down three, last possession to try to tie it or, or score and extend the game a little bit. And we locked them down on defense, which is exactly what we needed to do. I'm going to go over a couple player notes real quick. Let's start with CJ. Like I said. Big time start on defensive possession right away. Got him going on offense. He hit Oscar Sheway for his only other points of the game was a nice lob that he threw up to him. So the three-point shot finally started falling for him. The coast-to-coast and one that he had just so smooth and physical and tough and... Got a nice shot coming off a screen for a three-pointer, and Sam, that that's the best game we've seen him play in a while. Oscar Sheewe, again, not the greatest day offensively, but these are my notes for him throughout the game. Rebound, lob dunk, two offensive rebounds and an assist to make it 5-0. Great dish to Toppin for a slam dunk. One of four in the first eight minutes, but played great. Castleton, only two points. Struggled to score, one of nine to start. Missed a dunk. Ended up missing three dunks. Great job passing out of double teams. Continued to battle all night long. Offensive rebounds for second chances all night long. Fouled out at fouled out at the end. He, he, not his greatest game, but he continued to make an impact on the game all night long. Kaysen Wall- Wallace, physical play on defense in the first half. Great transition defense all night long. Physical blocks really affected using the high pick-and-roll on offense. Attacks the basket and pull-up jumpers are cash money. Active hands on D. Broke the Florida defense down off the dribble all night long. So strong at the basket. Great on -on one-on-one defense and blocking shots. Jacob Toppin. All I have to say about this guy is, when he attacks the basket, Sam, he cannot be stopped. Almost all of his points against Florida were him attacking the basket. I think he had one or two mid-range jumpers. Everything else was at the rim. He is a mismatch nightmare for teams, and it is starting to produce for the Kentucky Wildcats. Chris Livingston, great hustle all night long, getting in the passing lanes and stealing the ball. He had a great play where he tipped the ball from the backside of a guy, and it fell right to, I think, uh. Topping or or somebody like that for a slam dunk and then, a couple offensive rebounds. He played super physical and hitting uh, open guys. And I just thought that oh yeah no. And then he had the he had a nice dunk off of the severe steal as well. So I thought Chris was an effective player as well. Severe he played great. We already mentioned him. Changed completely changed the pace of the game and was able to not only score effectively, but also assist the ball effectively without turning it over. Antonio Reeves, John Calipari said five. It was not five people, okay? He did not have five defensive lapses, but I counted them up, Sam, and he had two different – no, three different – I'm sorry, three different back cuts that he was beat off of, and that's why you didn't see him play as much.
0: And, A.J., in John Calipari's defense here – You know, you and I have both played the game. It's been a while, but when you make an error such as a back cut, one or two, one's bad. Two or three or so and beyond, it all kind of blurs together because if if you're getting back cut three times a game – it feels like five. Exactly. That's, those exactly. are inexcusable lapses. But that, yeah, to and densitate. that's
1: why he said he took him out of the game, and so I just wanted to count them up for myself. And, yeah, it happened three times, and they got a bucket on every single one. I think one they got fouled where they went to the free throw line, hit them both. The other two they got easy dunks. So last guy who played, Damian Collins, and I can't say enough about this guy. Comes in, makes an immediate impact. His energy was off the charts. He defended the high pick and roll and fought his ass off against Colin Castleton when he was in there. Gave us a big couple minutes in the first half and at the end of the game at crunch time hitting free throws and playing that last minute and 30 seconds or so after Oscar Sheway fouled out. And then, Sam, the last couple things I had to say was I tracked it throughout the game. Teams are putting Oscar Shiboy into high pick and roll situations all night long and trying to exploit it. So I, I made a little tracker for us. And you know, they put Oscar Shiboy in counted up seventeen high pick and roll situations in this game, right? And I counted them up in either wins or losses. On the night. Oscar Shibway won 13 out of the 17 high pick and roll situations that he was in, right? One, he got a lob that went to Castleton over his head, which he was standing in front of him. Castleton's just four inches taller than him. So he jumped up and grabbed it and then laid it in. Another one was a, he fouled him on going to the line. And then the last basket was a three-pointer where it wasn't even Sheewe's fault, but he he went with Castleton and they kicked it out for a three-pointer and they knocked it down. So for everybody out there that's saying that he doesn't know how to defend the pick and roll, no, he does. But when he gets put in 15 to 20 of those situations every game, he's bound to lose a few of those along the way. So I wanted to give him props. He is improving. He is continuing to fight and learn. With that coverage, and continues to grow as the season goes along. And then the last couple things, Sam. Rebounds. You mentioned it earlier, but thirty-eight to thirty, Kentucky wins that. Thirteen uh, offensive rebounds for us, which we outpaced them as well. We talked about the fact that they were a great sh- uh, shot-blocking team. Well, they blocked five shots, but we blocked five shots, and so we were able to negate that part of their game. We talked about their big three before the game, Sam. Lofton, Castleton, and Will Richard, right? Well, they combined for 51 of the 67 Florida points. And Lofton, Sam, went four for four from three in the game. And he's a guy who shoots under 30% for the entire season. So a lot of free throws for them, a couple lucky threes here and there. And that's kind of what kept them in this game. And, you know, the turnover battle, the last thing, It was nine to nine, but we outscored them in transition 14 to five. So we made more of the opportunities that we created from turnovers and we were able to effectively defend them in transition much better than they were able to defend us. And despite the 25 points, 25 points for Castleton, Sam. We did enough on him to disrupt him. A word that John Calipari used, disrupt him. We disrupted him enough to get the victory. And boom, there you go. Kentucky Wildcats with their sixth straight in SEC. Sam, before we move on to this ne- next matchup, is there anything else you'd like to say? Or if not, then we'll, we'll switch over and dive into this Arkansas-Kentucky game.
0: Well, no, yeah, just great work there, kind of giving some light to Oscar Sheepway's high ball or high pick and roll ball screens. Cause I, I agree. I mean, there's always areas of improvement and he has more defensive deficiencies than just the high ball screen, but that, that is the constant reoccurring gripe within big blue nation within SEC network, within media outlets that, That's what teams need to do. So I really appreciate you just putting some light on that for our listeners here today. But um, I'm not surprised, honestly, because you and I have talked about this. I mean, he when, like you said, and I said it before, when you're exposed to that many action plays, you are going to have some defensive lapses. I'm I'm just telling you guys. But, um, you know, I'm glad you brought up a couple of more names. I, I could have listed them all but I didn't want to talk about the entirety of the team because then you're going to sit here, Sam, and you're going to say, well, they all stood out. But but you're totally right. I mean, the play of Chris Chris Livingston is phenomenal because we've talked about it, and I think I texted you during the game, AJ. His ability to finish around the rim is world-class, and I mean that, like world-class. That That is going to be a separator for when it's evaluation time for him to make it to the next league AJ because there's a lot of tall trees in the NBA they're all tall so you got to be able to finish under duress and you got to do it with with a physical body and, and that steal from Severe Wheeler when he grabbed it in transition and then finished with his opposite hand his left hand under duress I mean that is so difficult and he made it look so effortless I mean This is a kid that's really starting to come into his own and play physical and play downhill, and we're getting better because of it. And then when you bring up Damian Collins, AJ, I mean, it's hard with Kaysen's incredible, efficient night, and then obviously CJ's final break finally breaking out, but it's hard to almost say that Damian wasn't the star of the show because, you know, this is an incredible story. You know, I'm sure all of our listeners know what he's been through this year, but... To fight back and find that grit again and find the, the level of compete to go out there and mentally lock in A.J. and knock down critical free throws after spending, honestly, A.J., the last month on the bench. That is no easy task, and it should not go unrecognized. And, you know, obviously John Calipari gives him a massive hug when he's exiting the game towards the end of the game. So just super happy for him and proud of what he's been able to accomplish this year. He adds another wrinkle to this team, AJ. I mean, he's long, he's got length, and like you saw in in our – in our game, and you mentioned it earlier, that deflection that he made on the high pick and roll switch with Castleton, AJ, those types of plays are why he is so useful. And then the high energy flying dunks and blocks, I mean, he's bringing a wrinkle to this Kentucky Wildcats defense that is part of the reason that we're getting five blocks now, AJ, because... You know, he just adds an element, and and I'm really excited because I know that we're going to have to work him in, and John Calipari already said that, but we're going to have to give him some opportunities to get some more minutes, and I'm excited about it because at this point, I mean, I'm not saying don't play Oscar Sheepway 34 minutes, but maybe not 38 minutes. You know, maybe give him a few more rest because he even admitted, if you watched his post-game interview, AJ, they asked him about they asked sorry John Calipari about taking Oscar Sheepway out of the game and he said you know Oscar won't tell me that he needs out and they asked they asked Oscar that question he said i don't know how to tell him cuz guys when you talk about the <laughs> the most passionate guy on the the basketball court it's most likely 10 times out of 10 Oscar Sheepway so he's got that drive to fight through all of the you know, adversity that he might be facing in any moment, including some fatigue. So he's not going to pull himself out. So Calipari, he he admitted, okay, maybe I need to do a slightly better job of just recognizing those opportunities. Give him a a brief couple of minutes. I mean, we're not talking about transitioning from 38 minutes to under 30s. I mean, we got to have the reigning national player – of the year end, but I just think that's going to be a unique opportunity, and I think it's the right call. So I'm excited to see you know where those minutes go. Right now, it's got to go to Damien, but obviously Lance Ware has proven as well, AJ, that he can fight for those minutes. So um, I, I just like what I'm seeing, and you know we've not even mentioned Uganda and I know right now he's not physically there, but you know if we can if we can get a couple of minutes out of him a game too. I'm, it, it can't hurt. So, yeah, it just takes the stress uh, off yeah.
1: Ox, Oscar Sheewe, keeps him fresher, and, and we don't have to rely so heavily on him playing big minutes every single night. And, and and that's a good thing. That is that is a good thing. So Absolutely. Um, Well, Sam, let's transition over because as we say on every Monday night podcast episode, it's a quick turnaround in the SEC from Saturday to Tuesday. And... Tuesday night, it's the Kentucky Wildcats. They're going to put their six-game conference win streak to the test when they welcome in the Arkansas Razorbacks to Lexington. A team that started slowly in league play, losing five of their first six games while trying to figure out how to play without two of their stars in Trevin Brazil and Nick Smith Jr. They have been able to turn the corner and look more like the team at the beginning of the year by winning four straight SEC games to pull themselves to 5 and 5 in league play and 16 and 7 overall. Sam, when we unveiled our first edition of the AOK SEC Basketball Power Rankings, we discussed that although the Razorbacks may lose some games, they will continue to fight all season and that is exactly what they've done, putting themselves in a position to potentially get a big time road win over Kentucky in the home stretch of the regular season. In order to do that, they will need to play a lot better than previously this season when hitting the road as Arkansas finds themselves with a record of one in five in true road games this season. The lone win comes this past Saturday at South Carolina. The Razorbacks have found success lately behind the stellar play of their three guards freshman anthony black junior transfer ricky council the fourth from wichita state and junior devo davis all three are averaging more than 10 points per game this season and can impact the game both offensively and defensively in many ways limiting these three guys will be absolute key to kentucky coming away with a win sam How do the Wildcats slow down the elite guard play from Arkansas, and how do they attack a defense that ranks top 15 nationally in efficiency, holding teams way below the national average in shooting percentage, and turns teams over on 21% of their possessions?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a team in the Arkansas Razorbacks, AJ, that is fighting for a position, much like the Kentucky Wildcats, I mean, we mentioned it, and you. I'm glad you brought it up at the beginning of the season. You know, they they might have been favored right up there with Kentucky and Tennessee to win the SEC. I mean, they had a phenomenal lineup. Obviously, Trevin Brazil and, and J- Nick Smith Junior going out is is a brutal blow for them. But despite that, they, they have started as of late AJ to play extremely good team basketball, and, and I emphasize. The word team there because that starts defensively for them and I'm glad you brought up their defense because realistically it starts with their guard play AJ and their, their guard play is what drives them both offensively and defensively but they get up in you AJ they fight over screens at an elite level and they make it extremely difficult to get comfortable in an offensive rhythm one thing that Kentucky did extremely well against Florida is what Arkansas is going to try to replicate replicate against us aj they are going to try to deny handoff ball screens basically they're going to try to make sure that when we rotate the basketball when we're trying to do dribble handoffs that they fight through those screens because that disrupts your offensive rhythm and the ball is not in the hands that the play was designed for so i know that sounds like a minor detail but it can really disrupt an offensive rhythm And, and that's what they do an exceptional job at aj and And then offensively, those guards, I mean, one thing Kentucky's going to have to do is they have to box out no matter where they are on the basketball court because these guards do a phenomenal job of crashing from the perimeter into the paint and ripping away, deflecting, and grabbing rebounds and really making it difficult for the opposing offense to box out. So this is going to have to be a major assignment for the Kentucky Wildcats to stay alert because I'm telling you, A.J., Sometimes you fall asleep at the wheel when you're standing out 20-plus feet from the basket, and you think, oh, no way that i got to fight and box out. That cannot be a mentality that we walk into this game because I'm telling you, we will get out-rebounded, and that's a critical piece for me, A.J., walking into this game. But you can say what you want. We put Arkansas, A.J., when we did our most recent SEC standings, just below the Kentucky Wildcats in that third tier if you remember correctly. And they currently sit at 5-5 five and five in SEC play, 16-7 and seven overall. So like I said, I mean, and you mentioned it, the road rec- record is a glaring issue come Selection Sunday. So you can guarantee that Eric Musselman knows what a massive opportunity this is for the Arkansas Razorbacks to get back on track and add a victory on their resume that can maybe propel them back into the conversation. Because right now... They're on the outside looking in, and we're on the inside looking out. So who's going to be the aggressor, A.J.? Who, who's going to enforce their will? And I'll make the argument, Arkansas, I know they've only won two straight because they've got that loss to Baylor, A.J., but I'll, I'll actually make the argument, going back six games, that they've played extremely high-level basketball. You go back six games, A.J., lost at Missouri, 79-76, to then they win – Ole Miss at home, LSU at home, take care of business as they should with both double-digit victories. Then they walk in and they play at Baylor, AJ, the number 17 team in the country who has extremely good wins within the Big 12, and they lose by three again. So that's two losses to two arguable top 25 teams. I know Missouri is dropped out, but right there, two losses on the road by three. Then they bounce back and they beat a good and a high-level team and texas a&m by 11 and then they take care of business against south carolina which was a nail biter but it was at south carolina and they find a way to win which you have to do when sec play so those are the last six games i make the argument that they realistically are playing as well as they possibly could especially with the blows that they've had offensively or i mean injury wise offensively they've been able to start finding a rhythm aj and and it all starts and their guard play like we said but we really have to focus on who we have to focus on you got to know your opponent AJ and for me that starts with Ricky Council this kid is and I broke down the tape and I'm sure you did too AJ but this kid is so smooth he can he can really do it at all three levels and he can break you down I mean I would make the argument other than Other than maybe, A.J., I don't even know like what Nick Smith Jr. was able to do, or I'd say Brandon Miller for Alabama. Ricky Council is probably the best one-on-one basketball player in the SEC conference. He can break you down one-on-one almost better than anyone else in the entire conference. He's averaging 17 points a game, A.J. Handful of rebounds, handful of assists, handful of steals. And he's really doing... 17 points aj as a non-traditional threat from three-point range averaging under 30 percent from the field from beyond the arc aj so i mean this is a kid that can break you down in the mid-range get to the basket and do it in a plethora of ways so it's going to be a tall task but i can almost guarantee a task that most likely case and wallace will have to be up for i would have to argue that case Wallace will be the primary defender on Ricky council. I'm not saying our other guards won't be in scenarios where he's guarding them. CJ Frederick case or case Wallace, you know, Antonio Reeves, but I'd like to see the primary defender be case Wallace. And I think he's going to be up for the challenge, but he's going to have to play physical. And I would challenge him to be physical to a point where you can't allow him to get downhill and beat you off the dribble because that's what he's looking to do so you know maybe we're going to have to clog lanes and provide some help because it's going to be a tall task to ask the next thing i'll say is anthony black aj this kid has really stepped up since the absence of trevin brazil and obviously nick smith jr but he's really stepped in in the facilitating role he's averaging four assists which there's been points in the season aj where he's been Second in assists in the entire SEC. He's really learning how to distribute the ball and find his open teammates. And, you know, I I like what they're doing with that little three-headed monster and, and their guard play, AJ. And it's going to be a tall task. But what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to match their guard play. I mean, our guards have to be great because let's look for, obviously, a massive window of opportunity for Oscar Sheebway to get back on track and, because I think there's a favorable matchup advantage for Oscar Sheepway down low, AJ. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Makai Mitchell, if I'm not mistaken, is their go-to forward. But he's no comparison to the reigning national champion of the year. We we got to go to Oscar Sheepway. And now's the time to do it. I, I understand he might have had a an, an offensive struggle against the Florida Gators, but... He's not going to be going up against exactly the same length or physicality, and I really like our odds to feed the ball through Oscar Sheetway. We found a lot of success in there. And although it felt like a black hole on Saturday night against the Gators, he has done such a phenomenal job this season, AJ, of distributing the ball out of the post, and I'm sure they're going to have to bring the double, AJ. So still an awesome opportunity to get the ball into him and create shots for our guards, which have to be elite. The next guy I'm going to touch on that I think is a critical piece, A.J., is another guy that kind of didn't get his opportunity much like he probably wanted coming off of one of the best performances in a Kentucky Wildcats jersey, and that's Antonio Reeves, A.J. I, I think this kid has to step up yet again because we are going to have to have some firepower to try to overcome the defensive efficiency that the, Arzen- the Arkansas Razorback had team has AJ because look you mentioned it top 15 defense in the entire country and they really do it at an efficient rate of limiting their opponents well under their field goal percentage I looked at it their last 10 games AJ the teams that they've played only two have shot at or above their field goal percentage that, that's an incredible number. So we're going to have to knock down some shots, AJ. And we've been able to do a phenomenal job the last couple of games. I'd obviously argue the last, maybe five or so games since the South Carolina loss of creating open looks. If we get those open looks, you gotta knock them down because like I said, they're going to double Oscar Sheba and it's going to become a black hole. If every time we get it in, we can't feed it out because we're not knocking down shots. So, um, that's going to be a critical piece, and I think that Antonio Reeves has a unique opportunity to do that, not taking anything a- a- away from C.J. Frederick. But Antonio Reeves' A.J. has showed that he can do it at multiple levels. He can get to the rim, he can finish under duress with his floater, and he can extend you out to the three-point line. That is the type of offense that we need on Tuesday against the Razorbacks to really keep them honest on who they're guarding because we cannot let them cheat Oscar Sheaway all night long. So th- that's honestly what sticks out to me, AJ, but y- you talked about it. You were the one that mentioned it. So I, I want to get you back in here and talk about it. When we talk about their guard play, that's what wins basketball games. That's what gets teams into the tournament. And that's ultimately what's bringing down banners. So what, what does Kentucky Wildcats need to do to be able to limit the production that their three-headed dragon is able to do on a night in and night out? Not only offensively, AJ, but how do we overcome it defensively as well?
1: Yeah, so Sam, um, here's how I see this game. We'll start with the, the keys to victory, and... Um, We've got we've got three keys to victory right here. The first one is the turnover battle. We have to k- take care of the basketball. This is a team in Arkansas that thrives off creating turnovers through pressure and havoc. Um, when they create these live ball turnovers, they get out in transition where their athletes can really shine and, and they are just deadly. So we have to win that. And then on the other side, Sam, the ball pressure defense. We have to continue to play a high-pressure ball defense with Kaysen, CJ, Xavier when he's in, and Antonio when he's in as our guards. Um, And we have to win that turnover battle uh, against this team. Um, 100%. Yep. The second... Key to victory for me is you have to limit how much they get inside. I mean, Sam, this team is extremely efficient from the two-point line. They have a couple guys down low that um, can get the ball in the basket. And then, like we said, they have three guards that can break you down off the dribble. They're they're efficient from two. But, Sam, this is a team that's outside the top 300 in three-point percentage this season. So limiting them... Getting to the basket and the free throw line is going to be a huge component in, a, in this game. They score, Arkansas, 59.7% of their points from two-point land this season, which is one of the highest percentages in the entire country. So, like I said, limiting them getting downhill into the basket and then doing it without fouling because they're a team that can really start to rack up fouls and then end up going to the free throw line a ton. And then my third key to victory offensive rebounding. That is one thing, Sam, that we excel at better than any team in the country. And you cannot take it away from us. There's only maybe one game recently in Kansas who limited us on the offensive glass, but that is such a huge component to what we do because it creates extra possessions for ourselves, And that's how we start to create a lead and separate ourselves from some, from some of these teams. So offensive rebounding, don't let them get inside and then the turnover battle. Outside of those three things, this is what I'm looking for in the matchup. For starters, we just dealt with another very efficient defense last game in the Florida Gators, which should prepare us for this game. Arkansas also blocked shots at a top 15 rate, like Florida does. And as I mentioned earlier, they create turnovers at a high rate while limiting teams to shooting 5% below the national average and have held teams to 31% from three on the season. With their length and versatility at all positions, they have the ability to switch almost every position and it can make things really difficult to break them down off the dribble when there's not a ton of matchups to expose out there on the court. We need... We need, 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 need to continue to move the ball from side to side in this game and force them to rotate over and over and switch over and over because the more you do that, the more it breaks down their defense and and the more open looks we will get. We also need to feed the post and establish Oscar down low, regardless of whether he is scoring in the low post or not. When we get the ball to him in the low post, good things happen. Happen Now, this Arkansas team, Sam, they've really limited their rotation here in in the home stretch of SEC play, and they've found success, like I said earlier, with that three-guard lineup. They'll play D- Devo Davis, Ricky Council, and Anthony Black, and then they'll play Jordan Walsh and either Mikel Mitchell or Makai Mitchell. They have two guys down low that they like to play and 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 listen to this. Council six six, black, six seven, Jordan Walsh, six seven, Davis, six four, Mitchell, six ten, Mitchell, six nine. It gives you a little understanding of how athletic and long and how they can affect you on the basketball court. And then the only other two players that you'll really see play in this game is another four that they have, Jalen Graham, who stands at 6'9", and then Joseph Pinion is a guard that they have um, who may come off the bench as well and, and play some small minutes. But we've talked about the guards a lot, Sam, and you brought this up earlier. Our guards have to outperform theirs. Kaysen, CJ, Antonio, and Xavier. They have to outplay the three guys that we've been talking about, okay? Their guards have a lot of size and physicality, so we are going to need to be up to the challenge. Kaysen needs to continue to be a stud. CJ needs to continue to play the way he did last game. We're going to need Antonio more locked in on the defensive end, keep his minutes up, and stay in the game because if he does that, I have no Questions about him getting going on offense. So just lock in a little bit more in this game and be more alert. This is interesting with Xavier Wheeler. I don't know how much this game is conducive to him playing high minutes, but we are going to need him to come in at times, I think, and change the pace of the game. But with the way that they play their guard, Sam, and having that much size, I don't know how much. This game lends itself to Severe playing high minutes like he did in Florida, but we shall see. And then our bigs need to outperform theirs. Oscar, Chris, and Jacob, we have a massive advantage with our front court compared to their front court. We need to be a physical and assert our dominance, win the rebounding, and outscore their bigs. Their bigs are more role players, Sam. They're not guys necessarily that you're going to go throw the ball down to in the post and let them go to work. A lot of what they get is based on the creation of space by their guards to break people down off the dribble and then throw them the lob, give them the ball in an advantageous situation, grabbing offensive rebounds for tip backs and dunks and things like that. So I think our front court players are much more skilled and we have an opportunity to exploit that because the guard play, even if we our guards outperform theirs, it, it's still going to be close. They have great guards. So our front court is going to need to absolutely dominate their matchups to create that separation for us in this game. Chris needs to continue to rebound hard. Cut, 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 cut to the basket. He is elite when he gets ahead of steam and cuts to the basket and catches the ball and being able to finish around the rim. Jacob, I talked about him last game, continue to be that guy. When you attack the basket, dude, nobody in the country, literally nobody in the country can match up with you. Both their big guys, Mitchells, Both of them, they average 1.5 blocks a game, and so we're going to have to be careful of, you know, last game when we took it straight into the teeth of the defense sometimes with Castleton, didn't necessarily quite worked out, so let's pull them away from the basket at times and attack them at different angles to cut down on some of those blocks ball screen defense in this game, Sam. Don't overplay it. This is not a team that wants to shoot the three, nor do they shoot the three at a high level. So You should not be going up over on top of high ball screens and things of that nature in this game. You have the luxury of being able to go underneath, so have a game plan going in. If you're going to go underneath, force them to take the three-point shot. You do not want them living in the paint and living getting downhill. You'd rather let them chuck up a bunch of threes where they shoot a low percentage and, and Just live with it. Help defense in this game. We can't get Pete off the dribble consistently, so we're going to have to do things with help defense and flashing and chipping and different things like that, Sam. The one thing we can't do is is allow them to get down and break us down and go for the lobs. We'd rather be able to compact our defense, create almost a wall of them getting to the basket and force them to continue to shoot jumpers farther and farther away from the basket. You talked about some of the guys on their team. That's kind of what I had for for what's going on in the game with the scouting report. Um, for this other team, you talked about Ricky Council and Anthony Black, so I won't go over them. But Devo Davis is a physical, good-sized guard who can play he's a lefty so he's very good with getting to his left hand he, on defense he's a guy who can guard multiple positions basically 1 through 3 Guy who can break you down off the dribble, create his own shot. He's a really good driver of the basketball, and then he's excellent in the mid range game. He's a really strong pull up jump shooter. That's something that he's got down to a T. So you got to force him right in this game and not let him get comfortable with this left hand. Um, but he is their best three point shooter at 32%. And I know that's not a high percent, but read the scouting report and, and don't let this guy. Because there's times where he has kind of found his groove from the three-point line. So that's just something you got to keep him from getting wide open looks, but force him out that way. And, and if he's going to shoot him, make sure you got a hand in his face. The next guy, Sam, Jordan Walsh, he's another versatile freshman that they have. And like I said earlier, he's got good size on him, about 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, and he's a guy who can go out there and, and he's one of those defenders that can switch every position and, and and battle on a guy one through five doesn't matter. He's quick enough to guard a guard and he's got enough sides to bang bodies down low at times. So, He's going to compete for rebounds. That's one thing this guy does. He can jump out the gym and he is going to fight for offensive rebounds and extra possessions. And then on the defensive end, he's going to box out and physically try to go up there and grab these rebounds. He's not really a focal point of their offense, but he has the ability at times to create his own shot. And he he knows his role and he's good playing off those other guards and letting them create Um, for him and then knocking down open shots and then um, you know Sam I talked about both of the the Mitchells earlier they play both of them both of them good shot blockers good on defense not the most offensively gifted guys as I spoke about but they've got active hands they're physical down low and they know how to block shots so we're gonna have to figure out a way to combat that Um, listen it's going to be high-level basketball on display, high-level guard play on display on Tuesday night. So if we are able to do those those things well, Sam, as I outlined, and we can have our guards outplay theirs and our big men take advantage of, of the advantage that I think they have in that department, then we really should put ourselves in a good position to win this game. But looking for Chris, Oscar, and Jacob, and, and Damien if he's going to get in a, 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 for a couple stretches in this game to really make an impact on the game and take advantage of their, of their matchups. And then Sam, I think this is another game where, look, Kaysen Wallace is going to thrive. He's going to thrive. He is a physically dominating guard at this point, and he is going to eat this game up. He's going against three other physical guards that are his size, and I think he wants to send the message that I'm better than all of you, and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm better on defense, I'm better on offense, and our team is better than yours. So that is what I am looking for when it comes to the Kentucky Wildcats and the Arkansas Razorbacks, another chance for the Kentucky Wildcats to hold, serve at home. It's going to be a battle, Sam, we're not going to just walk walk in there and show up and put on a Kentucky jersey and just think we won the game and and you said it this is a massive opportunity for this Arkansas Razorbacks team to get a big win down the stretch so looking forward to Tuesday night Sam we have one more order of business for tonight Sam so why don't you recap this past week for us real quick and update the standings and then we will dive into our plays and get out of here for the night
0: yeah uh thanks for closing us out there aj and i'm glad you made a brief comment about because i kind of touched on antonio reeves offensively i'm I'm really glad that you touched on the importance and stress that we need to put on the fact that he's got to step up defensively this game because that guard play will kill him all night but Let's shift gears. Let's bring the listeners up to speed on how this past AOK Kentucky Pick'em Challenge went. AJ, for you, for all of you listeners that need a recap, AJ kind of played it safe. He took all home teams as favorites. How did it play out? Perfectly, AJ. You went four for four, actually. Only one team Did not cover, which was the Xavier-Providence game. Xavier was favored by three and a half. Close game. They were able to get the victory. You you picked Arkansas versus Texas A&M. They were able to cover the three and a half point spread. Oklahoma State versus TCU. Oklahoma State was favored by four and a half. You didn't even know that going into your pick. They went over by nine, A.J. Clemson-Miami, another good game. Clemson was favored by one and a half. They take care of the spread. So, in total, AJ, you walk away with 7 points. You improve your record to 17 for 28 and have 40 points and remain well in first place, AJ. I, myself... I can't be mad. You're going to stumble. I'm still coming. I got back on track after an 0 for 4 week, and I myself go 3 for 4 AJ. While doing so, I pick up a critical 6 points. Where I picked them up, you might ask. Kansas at Kansas State. I grabbed Kansas, or Kansas at home, I guess, versus Kansas State. They get back on track get the much-needed victory against their arch nemesis. They were favored by eight-and-a-half, AJ. I didn't quite know that. Walking in, whatever, they get the the home point favorite. Then I grabbed Kentucky at Ole Miss as a six-and-a-half point favorite on the road. They get the road victory, and they cover grab three points there. Then I took Tennessee versus Auburn. I took them early in the week, AJ, and I did not expect for any con. Circumstance for Tennessee to be, (laughs) yeah, for them to be favored by nine and a half, and then AJ. There was points in the game where I didn't know if they were going to put up nine and a half points, let alone win by nine and a half. I mean, that was we, we got guys throwing boulders at each other, and Lord have mercy for the rim in that gym, AJ, because they battle tested it. Let's be honest, but. Tennessee does ultimately come away with the the narrow victory, a very controversial finish, if you guys did not catch that. I don't know about you, AJ. I think Tennessee defender did invade his shooting space. I thought it should have been fouled, but I get it. It was a very, very controversial call at the end of the game.
1: There. You're not getting the call that call on the road in FCC play, so stop crying about it.
0: I mean, yeah, exactly. And then the last game, AJ, I gotta bring it up. I missed it, but Purdue at Indiana. I mean, Trace Jackson Jr. AJ is just—he
1: played unbelievable that game, and
0: he's—he's he's unbelievable. They- I mean.
1: They had to. I mean, they limited Zach Eadie in the first half. He's a monster. He goes for over thirty points in the game. Dominates the second half. They get they crawl their way all the way back from down almost twenty points. Yep. And they really made that a ball game. And I mean, Indiana had to do all of that. They had to do just all to of escape it. with the victory at home. Correct. I mean, that just tells you how good of a team Purdue really is this season.
0: It, truly, and you're going to have to. Teams are going to have to try to replicate what Indiana was able to do. But it's going to be difficult if they if they want to try to beat Purdue. But at the end of the day, the home court played a massive advantage. And, you know, I, I got to get my punch in here. But you don't have to storm the court. You just yeah,
1: – I, I You're mean, Indiana. You don't storm the Indi- court. You're Indiana. You're a top 25 team. Get the – get out of it, here. It, it,
0: and I'm just saying it's an awesome victory. Congratulations to Indiana. But – you got no class, so no. you're going to have to sleep with that at night. Sorry. So I missed that, AJ. I move to 12 for 28, and I have 28 total points to year 40. Okay. It's always that weird gap, AJ. Even in football, when a team is down like 14, you always think it's a complete blowout. I'm telling you.
1: And then it's not. I'm
0: coming. <laughs> and then it's not. So yep. I'm coming. We will need to do our picks, AJ. For this upcoming week, are you prepared to be giving out your first two picks?
1: Yes, sir. And um, I'm going all all games on Saturday this week. I, I just I like the board on Saturday, um, Sam. I'm going to take some road teams this week, so so don't worry. Um, but, uh, don't worry. But my first game is um, I'm going to take a home team, and we've got Creighton taking on UConn in a in a big-time, big, big East battle on Saturday. Creighton has been playing a lot better basketball um, during this stretch of the season. I really like what they've been doing, and I think UConn's just been a little bit too inconsistent for me to go on the road and get this W. So I think Creighton will be a small – uh, home favorite in this game, no more than four or five points, but I'll take I'll take Creighton at home in this one uh, to get the W and to continue to play some good basketball. And then the next game on Saturday that I'm going to take, Sam, is I'm going to take a road team. Uh, Baylor is traveling on the road at TCU in this one. Both teams fighting to continue to stay at the top of that Big 12 conference. And as good as TCU has been this year, Dealing with a few injuries right now. I just love the way the way that, that Baylor's playing basketball right now. I think they have enough to go on the road and get a victory. So I will take Baylor at TCU on Saturday. And those are my first two picks, Sam.
0: I like it. I like it, AJ. I, Creighton really has stepped in to the shoes that they were supposed to fill, honestly, in my opinion, AJ. I watched them earlier in the season, and, and I truly thought that that was a team that could could really make waves so it's been fun to see them kind of start stepping into the team that we might have thought they should be for the entirety of the season but they're deadly AJ and and they've got a really great threat in their mid-range so you know it's a lost art but I'm just telling you you can still win games that way for me AJ I'm going to actually stick with a team we just briefly touched on and that is Indiana. They are at home, A.J., taking on number 24, Rutgers, which is a team that's trending. This is a Super Tuesday matchup early in the evening, 5.30 p.m. to be exact, and I am taking Indiana at home, A.J. I think a team coming off of a game where they beat the number one team in the nation, you don't have room for a letdown spot in the in the Big Ten, let alone any conference, I think the home crowd's going to get them energized. They're going to be lively coming off that victory, and I think they get it done, AJ. I just I don't know who's going to guard Trace Jackson Davis, so we'll have to see. But I, he's been dominant the last couple of games, AJ, and I I don't know how you limit him at this point. So I got to ride the hot hand. My next matchup, AJ, I'm going to stay on Super Tuesday, and I'm going to. Pre- Pick a very familiar team to all of us. That is right. I'm sticking with my boys, and I'm taking Kentucky against Arkansas, AJ. I know there's guard play. I know there's matchups, and I know this is going to be a rock fight, hopefully not one of which comparable to Auburn, Tennessee, but it's being grinded out fast, AJ, and I I like what you added at the end of our take, but I think despite their great guard play, I'll take our guards any day, A.J. Kason Wallace, Antonio Reeves, and C.J. C. Frederick, and then K- or, sorry, Wheeler coming off the bench. I'm taking those guys all day long. I'm taking Oscar Sheeway, getting a bounce-back game. So give me Kentucky at home against Arkansas.
1: I love it, Sam. Normally I'm the one to take Kentucky, but I'll let you have them this week. That's that's totally cool. So hopefully they do you as well as they did me, providing me with some much-needed victories earlier in the season. Again, like I said, I'm staying on Saturday for all my games. My next one I'm looking at is we got, a, we got a big clash in the ACC when the Duke Blue Devils head on the road to take on Virginia. And I'm going to take Virginia in this one. Duke's been too inconsistent for me this year. I know they they got the big win against UNC over the weekend, but you know, as we record here on Monday night, they're they're now sitting on a 30-point loss um that they just suffered. So yes. on the road, I don't know. I don't think they have enough to be able to go and beat Virginia. So I'm going to take Virginia. Um yeah, Duke lost to Miami tonight by about 30 points, so We are going to take Virginia in that game to um, potentially run out Duke out of the gym in that one. And then Sam, my next team I'm going to take, another road team, it's the UCLA Bruins. They're traveling to go take on the Oregon Ducks on Saturday night. Oregon has been a good team at home this year. They've had some decent wins, but... I think UCLA is just a little bit too too much for them in this game. UCLA has is really starting to cement themselves as one of the 10-12 yeah. best teams in the country. Yep. I Agreed. think I think they have enough to go on the road in this one and get a victory. So give me the UCLA Bruins over the Oregon Ducks and that one in Virginia over Duke. Those are my next two picks, Sam. Let's get yours and then let's get out of here.
0: Yeah, uh so I'll wrap us up here AJ, but my next pick is actually going to come from Saturday and it's a team that's actually live right now against the number 5 team in the country. So we'll have to see how that one shakes out and that's Kansas taking on number 5 Texas AJ. But later in the week on Saturday, Kansas hits the road and they take on Big 12 Oklahoma, who is currently sitting right at the the lower half of the pack of the Big 12, AJ, and that's a hell of a conference. So it's never easy going on the road, that's for sure. This is a team in Kansas that has lost four of their last six, AJ, and they're in a fight right now against Texas. So you know, I'm thinking that regardless of the outcome of tonight, they're going to go in on the road at Oklahoma and have some Some blood in their mouth, and they're going to rip them to shreds, AJ. I'm not fearful of what that spread might be. I obviously anticipate Kansas being a heavy favorite on the road against that Oklahoma team, AJ. And then my last pick of the week was going to be—hold on one sec. I lost my place. It's coming from the Tuesday slate as well, so i got to get back there. Ah, nope, that's why I lost it. It is Saturday. Thank you very much. And so my last pick of the week, AJ, I am actually going to be taking number three, Alabama, is hitting the road, and they are taking on current number 24 Auburn AJ I think it's going to be a heck of a fight hopefully it's not a reflection of what Auburn and Tennessee did but let's be honest when we're talking about those two top teams in the SEC and Alabama and Tennessee two totally different styles one's defensive one's offensive and I'm taking the offensive team here the number three team in the country Alabama is going to walk in to Auburn and they are going to get a Nice SEC victory within SEC play against the War Eagles and continue to separate themselves as the top team within our conference. So as a review, AJ, you've got Creighton versus UConn. You're taking Creighton. You've got Baylor visiting TCU. you got Baylor in that game. You've got Duke visiting Virginia. You're taking Virginia at home. You've got UCLA against Oregon on the road, and you're taking UCLA, A.J., reminder for the listeners here, I've got Indiana at home against Rutgers. I've got Kentucky at home against Arkansas. I've got Kansas on the road against Oklahoma, and I've got Alabama on the road visiting the Auburn
1: (laughs) Tigers. And that is it, A.J. All right, man, another – Eight picks in the books. We will update you guys again next week on this edition of the podcast with the updated standings and give out our picks for next week. We will be back on Friday to get you ready for Kentucky's matchup this weekend as they hit the road for two straight SEC road games coming up on Saturday and Tuesday. Looking forward to being back with you all. I may have had a little issue with the um, email getting set up that I was talking about last episode, but it's all squared away now. So again, go on to alloutkentuckypodcast.com, find the mail icon, the email icon, and shoot us an email, give us some feedback on, on what's going on here on the pod, what you like, what you maybe don't like, and and how we can make this a more enjoyable experience for all of the listeners check us out on twitter follow the all out kentucky podcast it's at a o kentucky pod you can follow sam there at sam brad 66 or follow me there at andrew underscore j bradley sam again thank you for your time tonight thank you for everybody listening and go cats see y'all there's only one thing left to say. Oh, C A T S, cats, cats, cats. cats.